0: What's up, world? Uh, back in the studio again. We have got Carrie Cox in the studio, along with, uh, are you big brother or little brother? I don't even know. Big brother. Big brother, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, to introduce yourself, Carrie. I'm sure uh, you've got plenty to say, so here's, well, here's when to say it.
1: I'm Carrie Cox, sometimes better known as Michael's sister. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That's just the truth. You wouldn't believe how many people knew Michael uh-huh. in school like I weren't. Well, when did you go to school? We went to school at the same time. You don't remember? No.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: did you know Michael? Yeah, I knew Michael. <laughs> yeah, how, yeah. how did you not know me? Yeah, yeah. I mean it- <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's just the way it is. And everybody thought she was older than me. So oh, it's yeah? hilarious. She said who's older? Everybody yeah. thought Carrie was older than me. <laughs>
2: That's
0: good stuff. You've
1: got a really nice studio here, Danny.
0: Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate you coming in talking to us, and uh, I appreciate everything you're going to tell us.
1: Well, this is this is really close to my heart, and I feel like that this needs to be heard mainly because they're and not just now, but forever. I, I know anybody that is listening knows that we've all heard domestic abuse back in the day. Nobody ever talked about it. Yeah, they didn't. They still don't. They still don't. Kind of like
0: taboo to talk about it. Yes. It was worse to talk about it than it was to go through
1: it. Exactly. And Mm. it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. There's so many women out there and, and kids that are stuck in situations where if they just felt more comfortable about going to someone and talking, and I just feel like by telling my story, it'll make someone know that they're not alone and yeah. that they're not the only one going through this, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and I knew it then going through the two year period. I'm going to tell you about the whole two years. I knew the whole deal was not about me.
2: Yeah.
1: All the abuse I was enduring. I knew I wasn't one of the battered women syndrome things that thought it was my fault. Um, I, I was stuck in a situation, but at the same time I knew it was meant to be that way and I knew I was going through it for a bigger purpose. Yeah. I didn't know what I did I never have questioned God, but I knew there was a bigger purpose. Mm. Didn't need to know why. Um and I knew he had built me for it. Otherwise I you know Yeah. And I knew I would be okay and come through on the other end. Well, most times I didn't <laughs> we'll right, get to right. that. But um and I feel like this is probably what it was for is to help others out of that hole, out from being stuck, feeling like that they're the only ones. and I would love to see Jackson County get some kind of women shelter.
0: Oh, yeah, that'd you know, be awesome.
1: They can help people, drug addicts. <clears throat> you know, my brother, he has come so far. I'm all yeah. behind helping drug addicts get back on their feet. But what about these women and children that are stuck in these homes mm-hmm. that are terrorized every day?
0: Yeah. Take your time. It's
1: They need to have a safe house.
0: Yeah, they do. They do. Most people, uh, I don't know. I've never understood why. I guess out of fear that women don't talk about it and they just don't want to relive it because it's such a traumatic experience that they go through. Being in a, a physically or mentally abusive relationship or marriage or whatever it may be. But you're absolutely right. It is just as much a problem as drug abuse yes and it goes on in this county like rampant. it
1: goes on along with uh, with drug abuse yeah it's hand in hand it's hand in hand yeah and i and i think a lot of the times the women um maybe from drug abuse maybe from you know the raising, maybe not being taught any better but Mm -hmm. a lot of women think that it's their fault
2: yeah. You know, because that's not, what the man
1: tells him. Yeah. I know that's what my abuser tried to pound in my head. Yeah. You know, you see what you make me do. Why can't you be good so that I don't have, you know, yeah. like a child? That's the way he would talk to do me. Do
0: you think now you, I know that you didn't like consider yourself a victim. Like you didn't have that mentality. Like you, you knew you didn't deserve it. You knew you wasn't I the was problem. I was still a
1: victim. I definitely, well, yeah, was you was definitely victim. a victim,
0: yeah. but you weren't, you didn't make yourself the victim. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. What type, what do you think is the mentality of a woman that's going through an abusive relationship that they that they think that it's their fault? Do you think it's just the constant beat down mentally by I, the man or whoever it may be that just kind of reprograms their mind into thinking I
1: deserve this? Most this is my men fault. tell women that. Okay. You know, you know, I wouldn't have done that to you if you hadn't done this. Yeah, you, that's usually what you get after you get the beat, or sometimes before. In my case, I would know how many licks I was going to get because wow. he'd add them up, you know, in between times I seen him. Mm. And um, that a lot of times, that's it. Just from being with that person, <clears throat> a lot of women—it's the only man they've known too. They've yeah. been with since young age, and mm. or they have kids, and they feel like they have to tough it out. And again, it's something that we've always been taught: you keep in the, you keep quiet about. A lot of girls have seen their mothers go through it. So think that it's normal. Yeah. You know, me and Michael saw domestic abuse all of our life.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: And, um, you know, we don't talk about that because we don't want people's sympathy. You know, we We so many people look at you like with pity. And I don't I don't like that. Everything we went through made us who we are today, and I like like both of us, so, I mean. Oh, yeah. We're we're all
2: right. You're good people. But
1: that's something I I always knew that I would never tolerate. Yeah. I would never be beat, and (laughs) I would never let my children see that, see the things that we see. Yeah. And um, so whenever it happened, the first time, the first time he hit me, the next morning I had a U-Haul packed and was moving two hours away. Wow. Okay. And and my children never lived under the same roof as him again. Okay. But I, I it went on two years. I guess I'll go ahead and get started. Okay, go, ahead. go
0: right ahead.
1: Um, that's kind of where it begins. Um, I can't even remember the what he hit me for the first time. Mm. I know it was in the basement of the house. The girls were upstairs, and I was kind of in shock. It, but my first thought was my babies. They cannot know this happened. This this, and like I said, that's something I always knew. And anyone knows me knows I've been married a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain things that you learn, like when you've been divorced, things that you will and won't tell her. That was before I was ever married. I was never going to be hit by a man. Right. Never. Right. You know, and um, so I packed up and I, I was moving two hours away. But on my way, um, he says, You're not leaving me. Yeah, I am. You see, you see that I, no, mm. because I have this. And we'll just say, um, it was had the potential to be very life altering, mm-hmm. damaging on my part. Okay. It, it basically blackmailed me. Okay. Okay, well that's that's we'll leave it at that. Okay. And um and I thought, man, what do I do? Mm-hmm. You know, and again, when I said life altering, this was my children's lives too, not just mine. Yeah, yeah. It would have been turning their worlds upside down and So I agreed. I agreed. I would see him. Oh, he followed me two hours away to Florence, to northern Kentucky. He worked for himself, so he was able to get work up there and live out of a hotel for the next year while I was
2: up there. Wow.
1: It didn't matter where I went, he found me. No matter what job I got, he found me. I mean, stalker skills beyond anything. Mm -hmm. There are still things that he done back then that I still don't know today how he was able to do them. I mean, I remember one day pulling up at work. I worked at um, Citibank right there on 75. If you ever go by, you've probably seen that yep. big building. Mm-hmm. And I pulled into work. Next thing I know, I'm being drug out of my car. He's beating the crap out mm-hmm. of me in broad daylight right there in my parking lot at work. Oh and God. I didn't know he was within 20 miles of me.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, This happened on several occasions. And, and which, you know, they had a lot of security there and... and I went on into work, and about an hour later, security came and pulled me out, and said, "Do you want to tell us what this is about, or were you, were you going to report this?"
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's hard I, here. I'm sitting here looking like the battered women woman syndrome. Yeah, like yeah. I can't, I can't tell on him. Yeah. I can't. You know, I felt like an idiot mentally. To if I'd be a liar, if I said mentally it didn't take its toll on me, he didn't the whole situation like that, you know,
2: um,
1: just being torn and and not wanting to look like this pitiful, just idiot. And Mm. and at the same time, I couldn't say why. And I just, you know, it was, it was a bad deal, but, uh, he kidnapped me once Mm. there in Northern Kentucky. He kept me, um, two days in a hotel room, you know, um, just, I'll give you a little insight on his mental state. Uh, So, you know, in older hotel rooms, they have the little silver things that you set your suitcase on. Yep. Yep. Okay. So one of those were in the room and he was sitting on top of me on the bed. And, um, I remember looking over in the corner and for the first time I hadn't noticed it, but folded up plastic in a box cutter.
0: God almighty. And
1: he's sitting on top of me and he starts running his finger ever so gently different places on my face tell me where he's going to cut me, here to here. Yeah, I didn't
3: know about this.
0: I can tell that this is the first time you're hearing it.
1: And um, Mm. then he would said that he was going to um, put it in my private parts because he said that without my pretty face and without sex, nobody would ever want me because I was ugly on the inside. Oh, my God so if that gives you seriously these lifetime movies that these stories. Mm-hmm. you watch one of those i guarantee you something in that movie i've probably
2: yeah
1: i've been um once he took me to a cemetery and put me on my knees with a pistol to the back of my head mm. uh, um he's smothered me with a pillow To the point where, you know, when I don't, anybody out there that's ever been smothered or couldn't breathe, they know what I'm talking about. When your body automatically does the fight or flight, yeah yeah your body starts, I was fighting, you know, fighting. I don't know how long the fight went on, but I can remember my body had started going limp Mm. and I hurt his car because right before this happened, I knew he was going to hurt me. I knew that he could possibly kill me. My daughter wasn't far away, and I said, hey, could you tell your uncle to come get me? I knew by me saying that, she would know something was wrong. Yeah. I heard the car coming. I heard the engine. Just as my body's going to limp, and probably just before I was, like, unconscious, I remember hearing the engine, like, him coming so fast down that little tiny road. Yeah. And and he... That's
3: the first time I found
1: out. And he let... I'll never forget him letting the pillow up and... As soon as I caught my breath, I looked at him. I said, here he comes. You better run. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. He come out there with a gun, put it in my face. Said, what are you going to do with that? Kill me, homie. It's destiny in the stars. This ain't when I end. Yeah. This
1: ain't when I end. Kill me,
3: coward. Yeah. Coward. Mm. You hear me? Straight
1: coward.
2: Oh, yeah. This, Absolutely.
1: This was towards the end. Like, Michael, <clears throat> my mom, my brother, I could have went to them for help, but it wouldn't have done any good. That would have given him what he wanted. They would have ended up in prison. No doubt they would have killed him. I, I know that okay. without a doubt. Well, yeah. Um, and that's what exactly what he wanted for me to be alone because he thought if I didn't have family, if I didn't have anyone that I would have to want him, need him.
0: Yeah, that's. Yeah. And
1: that's what he couldn't handle. He would have been so used to weak women like the girlfriend he had before gave up her children, mm-hmm. gave her children away for him. Wow. He met the wrong one. I mean, yeah. because I'm none of those things. I'm not weak. I'm not weak-minded. I'm not. My kids are my world. That's right, yeah. what I live and breathe for. That's what I was put on this earth for was them. Yeah. And um, he figured that out rather quickly, and that's probably why things were so rough on me, probably, just to be honest.
0: Yeah. I think he was just maybe saw that you was a fighter, going to fight back and tried even harder to yeah, control Yeah, to break you. me. Yeah, he tried to break yeah.
1: me. Yeah. In every way possible you know i can remember thinking because i would go weeks without seeing him ignore his calls and i knew it would be bad when i finally did because he had this thing waving it over my head and i knew mm. eventually i would have to give in but he would be counting like how many times i hung up how many times i didn't answer my phone that's how many licks i would get really yeah and you know say i say i knew i was going to get five licks i would try to tell myself pump myself up be like, "Carrie." You can take it, just take the five legs, be so much easier, be over with quick. And I can remember trying to make myself all the way there, you know, telling myself that. But the first time he hit me, it's not in me to take it. I would yeah. start fight, I mean, mm-hmm. I'd fight back. I never won, yeah, but I gave it hell. They knew you sir. yeah, yeah. Climbed him like I can remember climbing him just like a tree on top of his head, just yeah. Um. But so I tried I tried to make it easier on myself but I, it's just not in me, and it was just um <clears throat> that it wasn't just physical abuse. and let me tell you when I t- he knew where to hit you that it wouldn't leave marks. Let me tell you something you wouldn't believe the amount of strength, the licks you could take in the stomach yeah. without it bruising Wow. That's where I took most of the kicks hits punches in the head, you know, not mm-hmm. my face. he never he was very careful never to leave marks to where if I ever did call the police, you know, oh or, yeah, yeah, that he wouldn't go to jail,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know it was he he was smart about it, he always yeah attacked in places that are you know they couldn't see the marks uh, there was a lot of sexual abuse,
2: oh
1: yeah he he raped me quite frequently, um. Which, of course, he always turned to the Bible and said that that wasn't rape. I was his wife, and that was my duty. Wow. And, you know, at that time, I didn't really know the particular verse he was talking about. Mm -hmm. But I knew that my God, my Father, my Creator couldn't mean it the way that he was putting it down to me. I'm like, I don't know what that verse says, but I promise you, it's not that you can do that to me.
0: Well, that's something that's pretty often uh, a part of Mental and physical abuse is a sexual abuse, mm-hmm. sexual assault from the person doing, doing all this damage. It's It kind of goes hand in hand. Again, we mentioned a minute ago, the things kind of go hand in hand. The rape, more often than
1: not, goes right along with the abuse. Right. And I know even that part was hard for me. It was probably a year and a half, two years before I said those words out loud. My husband raped me. Mm. Because... How crazy does that sound? I mean, you know, men are going to look at people's going to look at you like your husband yeah. raped you. Because, believe and I'd want to put this out there the verse that he was talking about was 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5. And people get it very much confused. It does it speak, it says that man and woman, husband and wife, should not withhold sex from one another. Right that unless the only time they're not supposed to have sex is whenever they set aside a time for prayer and fasting mm-hmm. and but it goes on to say this is to prevent Satan from being able to tempt you yeah so so use yeah. your common sense it's
0: well whether you're married or not if it's not consensual it's rape
1: yes right on. period. But um, I'm sure he's not the only man that uses that against, oh, I, you know, uh, yeah. their wife. So you're right. And and women who are listening out there, I'm I'm here to tell you that's not what that verse means. It's not okay for them to do that. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but you know, and after so much time, I will say this. You know, I was telling you before. I knew even at that time, going through the abuse, I knew that it was not about me. I knew that I didn't deserve that. I knew that. It, it was for a bigger cause. Like I knew God was allowing me to go through that mm. for a bigger reason. And I didn't question why I didn't wonder why I knew in time I would know. And maybe it's for this very day right now. I feel like a lot of times it was f- to help me understand my mom better okay, because of the things that she'd endured and went through. And it did help me understand a lot of things about her that I didn't understand before. Yeah. So if, if it was just for that alone, you know, so be it. I'm I'm okay with that. But um if I can just help one person to mm-hmm. know that they're not alone and that that it's not okay and, and to make them know that it's not okay and that no woman has to go through this or should. This is not that's not normal. Yeah. And I think a lot of women stay in it for so long that it becomes the normal for them and yeah. just a way of life and that it's not.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not.
0: I I've known several women uh, in in my life that has dealt with physical abuse uh, from their husbands, and they often leave because of their children, not because of the abuse on them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I think that says a lot about the about uh, the strength of a woman. They can take it. They don't need to take it. I'm just saying. They don't leave because of the pain themselves. They right. believe be- they leave because of their children. Which, you know, you said a man ago, if you ain't got children and stuff like that, I think you said a man ago, uh, they often just stay and take it, and it becomes the norm. It well, just becomes there's normal. M-
1: there's many women that stay, and then it goes to the child, and they start abusing the child, and they put up with that too. Oh I God. mean, there's many women that allow their child to be beat or abused sexually abused there's many women out there that i mean you hear of it on the news every day you watch i quit watching the news i cannot yeah all these mothers allowing men to sexually assault babies and Mm -hmm. beat them and to the point they kill them
0: do you think it's just out of fear that they allow it or
1: no i think a lot of it is evil just pure evil Mm -hmm. um you know when they get with a man there's soul ties I think the evil that's with that man comes to the mother, and that's a whole other subject. But um, I think that's a lot that plays part in that. Because most of the time, it's not the child's father. Hmm. You know, sometimes it is. That's a good point. Sometimes it is. Most times it's not. But that is their mother, and she allows it. She's just as guilty. I mean... Whatever they do to him, she needs the same yeah. in my but But, yeah. you know, but there are plenty of women, like you said, that once if it if it comes down to their child, that's when they get out, you know, yeah. because they And you're right. Those women, there's plenty of good moms out there that do escape at that point, but it shouldn't get to that. They should care enough about themselves and know that they're not going to be good for those kids if they're not mm-hmm. healthy mentally and physically either.
0: Was there ever, like, any warning signs or, like, red flags before any of the actual abuse happened that may have thought, hey, this could turn into something bad? Like, did he ever say or do anything? Did he, like, I, I mean, I'm not trying to
1: sound uh, well, insensitive, no. but was, like, he degrading of you or no anything? N- no. No. Um- well, that's a problem in its own. We were not together very long before I married him; just a couple months. Okay. And the first time he hit me was less than a month after we were married, so it all right happened soon. just so quick. But I will tell you, my first um, red flag was my oldest daughter saying, "I don't like him." I, I she okay. she told me, "Mom, I don't like him," yeah. and um, they had problems from the get go because I can remember sitting at the dinner table and my daughter looking at him and saying, "You know." that if I don't want you to be with my mom, she will leave you, right? I thought, oh, man, here we go. But she was right. That was the truth. But he thought that was like a challenge for him. Yeah. Which in in that moment on, he he hated my daughter, which, like I said, my children never had to be around him again after we left there. But he continued to hate my oldest daughter so much, the fact you know, later on I'll I'll get to the end where he had to go to prison. Mm. Uh, about a year in to his pr- prison sentence, I get a letter in the mail one day, and I could. My my stepdad was in prison, so I know a jail or prison letter whenever I see one. Yeah, yeah. That pencil mm-hmm. writing, and I thought, why is this addressed to my daughter? Oh, yeah, yeah. And and this this was when she was how old was she, Michael? Six. 16, 16, 17, yeah, it was from a registered sex offender that he had come across that he had sought out in jail, and gave my daughter's name and my address and pretended like this will be a pen pal for you. The guy you could tell oh in the letter, God. yeah, you, you, no boundary. I mean, no boundary. He Jesus. used to tell me. He used to tell me that he would burn the house down with my kids in it. Hmm. He knew that that. Was my weak point. He knew that that was my weak spot. He could beat me. He could do whatever he wanted. Kill me. But my kids were my weakness. Yeah. and, and so once, he just used it against you. Yeah. He never hurt them. He never harmed them. That was the closest he'd ever came to. Yeah. Um, but it was a constant, you know.
0: Do you think that was just a jab at you? Giving that information to that well, not Both or? of us.
1: Just... Okay. M- mainly me, yeah. Mainly me.
0: But what? Well, I mean, that kind of makes you think. Well, if he's willing to do that just to get at me, what's what's the limitations?
1: I knew for the guy? he had no limitations. He came to kill me. <clears throat> I mean, he'd always tell me that um, if I ever left him, forget that he would kill me and then kill himself. That he had nothing to lose, and he truly didn't. He didn't have kids. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't have friends. He. So I knew he meant that. Mm. And uh, the day he got his divorce papers, I didn't know he'd finally been served. I'd filed like six months before this and he didn't know, but I never could get them served on him yeah. just like the EPO I had on him months earlier mm. never could the justice system didn't work for me yeah. you know and um anyway, I didn't know he had been finally served the divorce papers and whenever he got me over there he put a gun to my head about the time he pulled him out. Wow. Yeah. Um, and that was a whole nother time, gun to the head. That yeah. time it was to the temple. Um, but he said, you're going to stop this divorce because you know what's going to happen if you go through with it. Yeah. Which, you know, going back to the blackmail that he had on me, let's just... Yeah. Two years in, and, you know, I'd been talking to God saying, you know, I know, I know this is for something, but I don't know how much more I can take. And it had already gotten to the point to where I'd talk to the sexual assault
2: mm-hmm.
1: I couldn't take any more take any more, and it I know this sounds crazy, but I know there's women out there that's gonna know exactly what I'm talking about
2: mm-hmm.
1: whenever I had my talk to God about it, and you know i I can't you know help me help me whenever he would rape me, my mind would leave like. I wasn't present there. Whatever God done to me, it yeah. was like an out of body experience. He would take me from my body.
0: He spared you that. Yes,
1: when I couldn't take anymore.
0: Mm. That's that's rough. Uh, hmm. man, that's 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 rough right there. I can't imagine having gone through anything like that. I just can't. Uh, what in the world would possess anybody to do that? And, you know, I say that, and then I also say this right after that. It happens every day.
2: Every day.
0: Every day to women. Every day. That what you're talking about happens every day. All over the world, right in Jackson County, yes. there's been uh, women murdered in this county yes. d- due to uh, uh, abuse in the marriage, relationship, or whatever it may be.
1: You would think That's that amazing. would be enough itself. To get a shelter or something, a safe place for women.
0: Yeah, there needs to be something, uh, something, something built, started, because
1: the system doesn't always work, Danny. The no, it don't. EPOs don't always get served. They don't. People, well, let me tell you what happened next. So, um, I had left Florence, came back because my mom was getting sick. Me and the girls moved in to my mom and dad's place with her and was living up there. But I'd kept my job at Citibank. I was making good money. Yeah. I was working four tents. So I would go up here and stay three nights. Mm-hmm. And on my fourth night, I would come home and stay four nights at home here in the county. But I worked night shifts. So I would get off like at 1230. thirty. would get me getting home about 230 in the morning. Yeah. Of course, he figured out my schedule, figured out what I was doing. Um. Here I am, summer night, driving Mustang and where you turn on to soap town from 421 everybody know everybody turns in there different i gun it that's how that's the safest way to me i wait one second no headlights, like gun it Yep. i was in a mustang he's sitting in the curve right there sideways blocking the road on me wow well prior this was towards the end and i told him i'm done i'm done i told him i got a gun if you come near me again i will kill you yeah Period. And I did. I had the gun in my purse yeah. and I was to that point. I knew God was kind of showing me it's OK now. Get, mm. You don't have to get that that blackmail stuff. The ass. That's what I was trying to do the whole two years. You know, I told you I didn't go to my mom. I didn't go to my brother. I thought I can take care. I got myself into this. I'll get myself out. So you're just trying to get rid of what yes, he was using yes, against you? Yes. Okay. Never did. He always was one step ahead of me, which someone like that is. That's yeah. their way of life. And someone like me that's not, doesn't think mm-hmm. that way, And you're always a step behind. Yeah. So, but God was letting me know, it's okay. You're going to be okay. Yeah. You can go, you know. So I was working my way into that. And um, it happens so fast. Like before, I realized what was in the Mill Road. Who was in the? He was out. He couldn't have been sitting in that truck. He had to have been like standing next to the road, like waiting on me as quick as it happened. Okay. I don't even remember seeing him get out of the truck. So he ambushed you. Yeah, much. he hit me and knocked me out and stole my purse. Wow. And so, I mean, knocked me out. I come to and my purse was gone. My purse was my. Every woman knows that's your life. It's got my social security card, my yeah. driver's license, checks, debit card, yeah. everything. So I went on home. That was on Thursday night. The next morning, I contacted his dad. I said, listen, I will have to. And he was on federal probation. I forgot to tell you that part. The whole time, this whole time, he was on federal probation. Wow. Yeah. So I told his dad, I said, listen, I'm at my wit's end. Every, my life is in that purse. Every dime I have is in my account. The debit card, my checks, everything is in there. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the purse, the gun, anything in there except my wallet. I want my wallet. Yeah. It has everything I need in it. Yeah. I said he has it till the end of today, or I'm calling the police and reporting it. Yeah. And I was dead serious. Well, I didn't get my wallet, so I held my word the next morning. Saturday morning, I called dispatch, and they sent or they had the deputy that was with the sheriff's department on call to call me. Yeah. And, of course, I knew who he was. Mm-hmm. I'd worked there, you know. And um, yeah. I explained the situation. I said, I need to do a theft report in case the checks or the debit cards used. That's my main point here. I just, I can't cover those charges. I'm a single mom. I can't. Yeah. If that happens, I need a report so that I'm not responsible for those charges. Yeah. yeah. And um, he said, well, what about... He meant, are you are you going to get a warrant for him to press charge? I said, once again, here I am, no, no, I'm just, I need a theft report. He said, I'm going to press charge. I'll get a warrant on him. Oh, yeah. He said, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to call him and tell him he's going to bring me your purse and your wallet, and I'm going to tell him if he doesn't, I'm going to get a warrant on him for the whatever. And mm. I said, you do what you need to. I just need a theft report. Yeah. He said, I'll be to see you in, in just shortly. He was coming to the house to me. So this was Memorial weekend. What's I was up? home alone. The girls had went with their dad to Virginia. So I was home by myself. So as soon as I look out the door and see him walking up with his head down, I knew something was wrong. Yeah. So what is it? He said, carry him. I'll have to take you to jail. Oh, my God. I said, well, come again? Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? So, again, someone that lives this lifestyle, that this is the person that knows the system. Mm-hmm. He went straight Friday morning and got a warrant on me Yeah, for terroristic threatening. Mm-hmm. And made up some bull crap that I would gotten a gun and was threatening to kill him because he got a girlfriend and had left me. Wow. I said, do you know how many nights I've prayed that he would find a girl and leave me alone?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Only if.
0: that." So he just jumped the gun. He figured you was going to do the same thing and went and done it before yes. you.
1: Yes. And I spent my first night in jail on a concrete floor in the holding tank
0: yep.
1: on a lie, on a lie, and that happens to so many women.
0: That's where the justice system fails. There, I mean, you can go get an EPO or a warrant on anybody for anything.
1: Oh, he got an EPO on me too. Did he? Mine never got served. Yeah, but he was able to get one on me and got it served the next day. Wow. See what I'm saying? That's
0: that's I believe the, the, they're they're. There does not need to be any evidence or what or anything, to my knowledge, of any wrongdoing in order to get any one of either one of those on somebody. Uh, more often than not, I have heard several people tell me what happened, what you just said happened to you happened to them. The guy is so I don't want to say good, but good at what they do they in abusing the women. Yeah. They know what's going to happen because they've more than likely been through it before. Mm-hmm. So they can pretty much get a feel of when, okay, I, I, she may go do this, so I'm going to go do it before
2: her.
1: He knew I was done. Yeah. Or he would not have done that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. He knew that that I no longer feared his, blackmail his threats. I told him, do your worst. Yeah. You know, God's on my side. I'm, do whatever you have to. I'm done with you. Which so many times throughout the two years, I would break, and I'd just scream, you know, I hate your guts. I've never loved you. And I and I didn't. Like mm-hmm. from the first time he hit me. Wow. There was no nothing. You know. And I would just tell him the only reason I'm with you is because you and of course mm-hmm. his mental he, he was so mentally ill. Like the the day I was telling you that he'd kidnapped me and was sitting on me telling me how he was gonna cut me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew I knew that day I could see it in his eyes, something that I'd never seen before. And I knew that it was going to get really messy if I didn't do And I knew that I had the ability to change it. Yeah. I could say a few simple words. And all it took was me saying, baby, I'm sorry. I'm so terrible. I don't know why you deal with me. I'm so, you could see him. Oh, just, so you would play the part. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Play the victim. To yeah, get he it over never with.
1: broke me mentally. Never. I, I, I played the part.
0: Yeah, but I can imagine what type of toll it took on you just having to say that. Yeah because I can see that you're a very strong woman yeah And for somebody that is so sure of their self and so strong willed to even do that to get theirself out of a situation takes a lot. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot because life I know and I'm death. the same way. It's, a,
1: it's life and death.
0: Yeah, I can look at the situation but like you know I'd rather die than admit I was wrong or whatever. but when it comes right down to it in a situation like what you was in, you knew that that would stop it if you just played the victim, but what kind of toll did that take on your mental health to play into his hands? Not play into his hands. Yeah. I don't want to seem like you like he won. It was, but it, you were smart enough to know what would end it. Mm-hmm.
1: On many, that wasn't the only time. I mean, many occasions. That's how things worked. Now there were situations like the day he had me in the cemetery execution style. a pistol. Mm-hmm. I told him pull the trigger. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean they're. they're just because you're done. Uh, well, no, that's uh, just me. I mean. Oh, you just bluffing. You was just daring
2: him, pretty yeah, Well,
1: much. it's it, like kind of you said. Up. You can <laughs> tell. You can imagine how hard it was for me. Some days yeah. I was able to do it. Mm-hmm. Many days I was not able to play. Yeah. That Michael will testify. That's just me. I'm. I, yeah. I'm gonna speak. What it's gonna come out eventually, you yeah. know. And and I'm mm-hmm. just so I've always been so. The same. I mean, that's just me. And it's hard to, just like I told you, I couldn't not fight back. Yeah, That's how I'm built. That's what's instilled in me. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that's kind of, it was so incredibly hard for me to bend myself for those words to come out of my mouth. I, imagine. I
0: really feel like in this world there, and me and Michael was talking about this last time he was here. Uh, in not so many words, we pretty much said that there is sheep in this world and there's lions in this world. Mm-hmm. you're not a sheep. No one. You're not. a lion. And maybe he saw it, like we said earlier, as a challenge. Do you mm-hmm. think that maybe what, oh, yes. what like got him set on you is like, okay, I'm going to see what I can do with this one?
1: No, I think that first he really liked me, but he thought <clears throat> I was like any other woman that he had okay. been with previously. I don't think he'd ever met anyone like me. Yeah. That um, sure and that, that had done things completely on my own I would never had to have a man to take care I've worked three jobs to take care of my girls you Mm -hmm. know and a mother and you think about it in this county and a lot of it is where and when he was right whatever what he was raised around he didn't he never saw a woman like that you know what I'm what Mm -hmm. I'm saying so it was kind of like a um, novelty to him almost and but it was more he wanted to break me he wanted to he thought that I could be broken
2: yeah yeah. You know, there.
0: I wonder. I wonder what. What am I trying to say? There's women out there that is kind of. Uh, they live their life kind of on the submissive side of things. Mm-hmm. Not. I'm not implying that they're weak in any way. I'm just saying that they are. Kind of just the 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 housewife type, you know. It says they, in the
1: Bible that the women yeah, are supposed to submit yeah, to their husband. Yeah, and they
0: they you know they honor their husband and stuff like that, and they just do what the they they do what the husband says. I mean, right in some wedding vows, it says to obey. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder what a situation like that is like for a woman with that kind of mentality versus somebody that's ready to fight back at the drop of a I hat. I think it's
1: a lot easier. Think I so? think it's a lot easier. It's still going to be bad. Nobody, oh, no woman could have a good life with him. No, you know, I no. know that, but it would not be nearly as hard as my life was. Yeah. I mean, it, and, and, you know, I know what you're saying. See, I'm the type of woman that feels like I can submit without obeying. I can submit yeah. without you trying to, you know mm-hmm. do control me let me submit to you in the ways that god meant for actually it says he's supposed to submit to her in other oh, it ways does. You know? yeah
0: for i've been to say that it's, but it it's does. a
1: mutual thing you know and mm-hmm. and i feel like i'm a woman i can submit where i'm supposed to as a wife without being beat or without having to go by his such messed yeah. up rules in his head the way things are but you know, I meant to tell you this part, too. The first time he ever hit me, um, and I moved off, he called his mom crying, of course. She's left me. She's left. So she mm-hmm. called me. Yeah. And um
2: it
1: really tore up. And um, I said, well, did he tell you why I left him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He mentioned I said, did he tell you that he hit me? She said, yeah. What did you do?
2: Yeah.
1: Wow. That's what What I said. You do Yes. That's when I knew I had nothing else to say to her. There you know, I That's uh
0: I have seen that before in movies. In real life, that, they will call the mother or the father of the abuser, and they'll be like, "Well, what did you do, or just take it for the children <laughs> he's got uh he's got money, he's got security, this is the price this you pay to have this kind of life.
1: this is the way it is it's insane happens to everybody yeah, well, let me tell you his father he was dragging me by the hair of my head through mm. the hallway, and his dad's sitting in the recliner, yeah, and um and his dad would say, turn that woman loose. He lets me go, goes to his father, and says, I told you to mind your own GD business. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And then comes back, grabs me back by the hair, continues to drag me outside. Hmm. So, that, Jesus. that gives you... His parents are divorced, but that gives you a good idea of what...
2: Yeah.
1: Which... I can't We, me and Michael, watched it. You know, the mm-hmm. biggest part of our lives, and mm-hmm. and some and some bad stuff. Our our mom. I mean, I'll tell you just one instance. She, ha- how many stitches and staples she have in her head? I forgot. Her head split wide open. We've wow. seen her lay on the floor with a broken leg. We had to call the ambulance at seven and eight years old.
3: Yeah, wow. That got yeah. broke, mom's leg in front of me. Then the next go around the head. That's when I stepped in. Oh yeah. Uh,
1: but you, you see what I'm saying? So I can't use that as an excuse for him. i'm just mm-hmm. giving everybody kind of like a background of of how a person gets how a monster is yeah. formed not made but formed how nobody stops him yeah oh yeah you know yeah. um we saw our mom go through that but at no point in time was anyone ever saying this is okay and this is the norm and this is what we gotta deal with yeah you know our mom eventually got away from that and and thank god mm-hmm. um so that's the difference I've known people well known of I don't even want to
0: categorize people like this uh, as me knowing them but you hear stories and stuff and I've known a couple guys throughout my life that have been abusive toward their women and uh, it's just uh, I feel like they're very insignificant people very insecure people in whatever way you know uh, sick people Mm -hmm. too They're pathetic in every way that there is. And you see, uh, again, around here, you hear stories of of a woman getting beat or a man getting beat sometimes. It does go both ways. Yes, it does. Uh, And they go go back to them. What's the mentality there, you feel like, that just leads them back? Is it just them feeling beat down and insignificant and they believe the lies that they can't get nobody or a
1: lot of times, but I can tell you in our mother's instance, I know she was, um, the one that broke her leg. He made really, really good money. He was twice her age. She was 27 at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, she was a stay at home wife. Okay. I mean, to the point where she cooked a supper, he worked night shift at the factory. She would take his plate, warm plate. He'd, she'd have it done. At the time, he would take his lunch. She'd drive it to his work, sit there while he ate his lunch. Yeah. She wasn't allowed to wear makeup, you know, that kind of thing. She felt like she was stuck. There was no way out. You know, she had solely started to depend financially on this man. She had two kids. Yeah. How was she going to leave with no money? No, She had to come up with a plan. It was always kids, mommy's coming up with a plan. Just just bear with me. And me and Bob was always thinking... How long is this plan going to take? You know, it felt like forever to us. I mean, now as an adult and being a mom myself, I knew what she was doing, Mm -hmm. you know, but you've got women like that and then you've got women that. Maybe it's drugs that they go back for, Mm -hmm. um, drug dependency, and, they, you know, um, so many different reasons. The kids, the kids maybe not understand that the pain and the hurt that their father's putting their mom through, and they beg their mom to go back because all they see is their father, you know. I've seen so many different situations. Mm -hmm. Um, No, none of, well, a lot of them are the same story. Yeah. Uh, But... Uh, The conclusion to this story is there is a little bit of a happy ending, somewhat. Well, no, I can't say it was happy. (laughs) Not for us, was it? But but, um, so he knew that I was done. Michael had gotten a job at a factory in Richmond. Mm -hmm. And just to be honest about it, I was really overqualified for this place. but. And really underpaid by working there but yeah. he was a convicted felon it, he was limited to what he could do and i knew that he couldn't afford really to drive back and forth to richmond mm. on that pay so i thought carrie if you go work you guys can share the gas and he's putting forth effort trying to get better so i would have done whatever well yeah. you know so we both went to work together at this factory and our lunch and breaks were kind of staggered we worked in different departments yeah and um It was a
3: five-minute stagger. I remember
1: that, yeah. So oh, yeah. I had went out on my lunch break and, and the car was parked like right outside the <laughs> door of Michael's department. Like you walk out the door, a break, and the car's right there across the parking lot.
2: Yeah.
1: And um he had showed up again, but I had learned. See, that's the thing about me. I screw up all the time. But yeah. Rarely do I make the same mistake twice.
2: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So
1: my doors were locked. Okay. He wasn't able to yank me out, you mm-hmm. know. But... um. He shows up banging on the window, and he was probably about two seconds from busting the glass out. Well, wow, at your work? Yes. At, that wasn't the first time, just at that work. It was yeah. the first time he'd found where I was working mm-hmm. again. Um, so, and all of a sudden, he stops. He goes quiet, and I thought, what's going on? Which, it's night shift, it's dark, and I kind of turn around to look behind me, I see Michael coming with yeah. his arms up.
0: There's a silverback gorilla standing over yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready
1: to and rip you know, my arms off. Right. That's and yeah, yeah. we're gonna
3: get this in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's what's going on at this point, and I and they start. Michael wasn't even mad. Like Michael can't just go into beast mode unless, but he was working up to it. Yeah, he comes up and he doesn't even punch him right away. He pushes him, like a, takes his chest and pushes him.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: all he does. And dude scoots across the gravel parking lot like this, like skipping a rock. <laughs> his yeah. butt's going across the gravel yeah. like this. And um, I know Michael goes and picks him up, yanks him up, and he might have hit him once or something. All I know is next thing, like 30 seconds in, Michael said, this mf has got a knife. Like he's sees.
3: behind him, put him in the bed. Yeah, yeah. Choke cold, yeah. wrap my legs around. He's wrapped up. Had yeah, it. yeah. Seen the, went right before that, I seen the knife. Okay. You know what I mean? So I wrapped him up as quick as I could, laid him out, stretching him out.
1: Yeah. He was choking him. I said, Gary, that- get
3: this knife. Okay. And
1: I got down on my knees and I looked him dead in the eye. I said, if you don't turn that knife loose, he's gonna kill you. Cause uh-huh. I saw the life draining from I his face. I would let him go limp oh, you and let off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he knew I, I guess he must know by the he must
2: <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah. He must know by the look on my face I was serious. So he let go of the knife. I got I said, Michael, I got the knife. Turn him loose, you're gonna kill him. I didn't want the whole reason I'd avoided to begin with, I didn't want my brother in prison over that piece of crap. Yeah
0: it would have felt good
1: to you but it wasn't worth it no no, no he
3: was laid out man yeah.
1: he was like yeah so he gets in his truck and leaves and me and michael's walking making our way back toward the factory and i'm kind of behind him i <laughs> said bub <laughs> i said bub wait a minute you got something on your jeans there he was and wearing about the, the time t-shirt. she
3: said that i had a supervisor he's a Big guy. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like, you can't come in here like this. I can wash the blood off my arms in the sink in there. He's like, no, look
1: at your leg. It was blood. Just he didn't know he'd stabbed Oh, he yeah. stabbed you? Twice. Yeah. Twice. Mm-hmm. Twice. Mm-hmm. One of them came an eighth an inch from his lung. Wow. And he' didn't so how many open. times did
3: he stick you? Twice. Wow. Got me in the back. Man. He'd come uh, up like this. When he come up, like, we didn't hook back up. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. He gets up, and he just runs and... Does that to me? You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. And it was, I worked, you know what I'm saying? I worked in. Mm -hmm.
1: But the point is, picture. I didn't even know
3: I stabbed, you know what I mean? I
0: understand what you're saying there. (laughs) Yeah,
1: we didn't even, I was like, oh, crap. So they he's sent to UK, eighth inch from his lung, one of them, you know. So that was a mess. But Michael still didn't press charges. He didn't have to. Madison County picked it up.
3: Yeah, because he came to the workplace.
1: Well, then, you know.
0: People like Mike and other things, they kind of tend to handle things themselves. he's the preferred way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
1: so, but, you know, it didn't even end there. I can remember when the Madison County attorney called me and she wanted us to testify for the grand jury to get mm-hmm. him indicted and stuff. And uh, she said, you know, I, decided, I told her, I said, he still doesn't leave me. He came there to kill me just so... We need to back up the knife. That you see how thick Michael is.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: That knife would have went through me at that mm-hmm. time. Like it would have went clean through my body. Yeah. And that's what it was, so it was intended a bone for.
0: crusher, then not it?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. You see no, how thick like, he is.
0: Oh yeah. Yes. Wow.
1: Yeah. So yeah. He meant to kill me. That's what he came there for. Mm-hmm. He was staying true to his word, and I knew that's what he was there for. Wow. I knew he was there to kill me, but God sent my guardian angel.
0: Mike Mike's Micah, uh, definitely a good guy to have blocking for you. Yep. For really sure. Is.
2: For sure. Mm-hmm. I but, appreciate that, yo. <laughs> but, that's the truth. Yeah. Absolutely the truth.
1: And when I say that ended it up good for us, not really because for the following weeks I was packing gauze into those stab wounds and yeah. feeling so guilty every but time.
3: Was, you know what I mean? That's what we do for our family. That's what you do. Or love anybody I love. Yeah. That's like, what you know do. You know what I mean? I got you. Mm-hmm. We laughed. I was at the grocery store shopping the next day. What a. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I want to say something. Uh, every, every once in a while, people out there, myself included, will run up on people in this life that uh, you can just tell that they're devoted. They're legit. They're for real. You know, they're uh, just good people. May have a rough history. But in my opinion, those end up being the most solid people that you'll ever meet. You know what I mean? Your secret's safe with those people. Yeah. No matter what it is. You can count on those people when you can't count on nobody else in this world. Yep. Uh, When Mike says, and I know this to be true because I've known you the better half of my life. And I've never known you to, to go against your word. Say something that you shouldn't have or told tell, tell somebody something that you shouldn't have told. Mike is one of the most if not the most stand up guy that I've ever met. Even back when he was, you know, in, a, in 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 another part of his life. He was always a stand up dude. You 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 could always know you always knew that Mike was real. His whole life, but what I'm saying is that every now and then you'll run up on people in 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 the world that uh, you just know you don't got proof of it, but you just know that they're good people to have on your side in every way. I'm talking. I'm not talking about just to have your back. I'm talking about people that you can entrust their your most deepest darkest secrets with, and there's no judgment coming from those people and you know if you need them in a pinch they're gonna be there in any way Mm -hmm. not just to pull somebody off of you but to help you in any way mike's offered to help me with my basement every time he comes over (laughs) here and i know he's i know he's for real he would in a heartbeat uh so if you've ever doubted the way that you are Either one of you, or if you have ever thought that I am too harsh of a person or too real of a person, I just want to tell you that from coming from another person like that, I appreciate it That's what's up. because I feel like the more real you are, the better you are. This, this world isn't, isn't made for, for, uh, ever, for weak people. In my opinion, I am I consider myself a very strong-willed person, and I've, I'll piss you off in a heartbeat if you ask me my opinion about right. something because you're going to get what I think. So uh, if you've ever been down on yourself for whatever reason about how you are or how you've ended up and stuff like that, just know that the real people out there appreciate it.
3: That's what's up. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Danny.
0: And uh, I can't – you know, obviously I can't imagine what you've been through, Carrie. Uh, I just – I wish there was something like you said earlier, even a, a, a some, house, a house With for three women. bedrooms. Yeah. Something for women to come to and get out of a dangerous situation or maybe just a group therapy session to come and talk.
1: Yeah. To you know. know that they're not the only ones. So many of them out there I know think that they are the only ones that live like that are going through that and that that. Tends to make them think that they do deserve it a lot of times, Mm -hmm. but they're not the only ones and they're so scared. You know, a lot of it comes from the men's, the men's uh, mentality and what they pound in their head Mm -hmm. that, of course, that they deserved it. If they hadn't done this, hadn't done that. And women start to believe that when they don't have someone usually to tell them different yeah, and those types of relationships and marriages, they usually seclude them and keep them away from everyone. That's else what I was fixing to say. So that no one can say,
2: "Yeah, why
1: are you putting up with this?" I'll help yeah. you. You know, it, it's all the same. They have the same. Memo. I mean, when you sit down and look at it, mm-hmm. they all. Most,
0: it's like a. It's like a. A, a rule book, a, mm-hmm. check, a checklist, mm-hmm. yeah, that they follow every time with one of the, with everybody that they come across. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say that it's kind of like you know it's a pattern. It's a it's a definite, repetitive, vicious circle kind of,
1: I guess, with these
0: abusers and stuff like that.
1: And they can be relentless, just like him. Yeah. Oh, I started to tell you about the county attorney when she contacted me. You know, and I told her I said, "Is there anything we can do that will make him stop calling me?" You know, because of him over the last two years, I've had like 10 different numbers. I'm not changing my number again. Yeah. She went to the jail instead of looking up like every inmate has their own identification number and Mm -hmm. they would punch that in to see all the calls they made. Yeah. She was smart. Instead, she punched in my number and saw all the different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was using everyone in his sales ID number to call me. He well, thought he was smart. Which slick, is against like policy. Yeah. But he thought he was so smart. Yeah. She said, Do you realize in less than a month he's called you over 2,000 times? I said, Psycho. I said, well, well, yes, I do. I do realize, why do you think I has, Can we stop this? So she put a stop to that quick, didn't you, Michael? Like as soon as she figured that out. Yeah. She, I don't know what she said to him, threatened him with, yeah. but the call stopped, Yeah, you know, and after that, I never heard anything else from him until the letter from the, um, the other guy, yeah, the other guy, Yeah, which, you know, I called the police and when you mess with my kids, like, uh, you know, yeah. I, I called, it's the, home. I called the state police. Of course, there was nothing I could do. Uh huh. Isn't that yeah, amazing? That is a, a, uh, amazing, yeah. Um, which I told him, I said, it's obvious this guy has been told this is a pen pal for you. He yeah. does not know he's writing a 16-year-old girl. I mean, I felt that in the bottom of my heart. Yeah, You know, the guy I was married to just sought him out and was like, hey, I've got a few girls that I've got somebody you can write. She's looking for a pen pal. Yeah. And you know, I never mentioned she was sixteen year old daughter of his wife that mm. you know, that the reason she's in he's in there. <clears throat> so that's what that that was a message to me, like look what I can do from in here. Yeah. But that was the last anything mm. that that for years, like whenever he got out, like I was on the vine thing where they call you and alert you like if you're a mm-hmm. victim or whatever. Yep. So I knew when he would be moved. I knew whenever. Yeah. And he got moved to Jackson County, uh, for court. I guess it was at one point. And um, Michael was in there.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah, they sure didn't put him in my cell. Oh yeah. I would yeah. imagine he not. went to another cell.
1: And he he ended up getting put in. Um, PC. Yeah. Protective custody. Oh yeah. Well, you know how Michael knows everybody. Yeah. It only took like two seconds for it to spray around the jail, Michael, to get the word out. Yeah. So he wasn't there very long. Um,
3: ain't no bugs. Well, how's it go? Might be mug, bugs on some of you bugs, but ain't no bugs on me.
1: <laughs>
0: Sorry, I
3: butchered that.
0: No. Word gets around
1: jails. real um, fast. But um, he did get out. Um, but he's not. He's not, thankfully, he's not bothered. And both of my girls have actually ran into him.
0: Really? mm mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Yep. He actually had the nerve to hug, hug my youngest daughter. mm. And she came home. She was shaking. She's she was just see. My girls didn't know what I'd been through until after it was all over, and they still don't know. They still don't know everything. They're gonna learn things on this podcast. Yeah,
3: I learned a lot on this podcast. If you couldn't tell by the look on my face, yeah, you kind (laughs) of
1: I could instantly tell. (laughs) But that's how women are. Like I have talked to a person and got this all out. Mm -hmm. It took me a long time. I thought that I was completely okay, but yet I'd never sit down. And told anyone these things that happened to me
0: do you think it's because you was ashamed that you went through it or
1: i didn't have time to deal with it like okay. as soon as he was getting kind of a up, denial thing now maybe my mom or? got sick okay um yeah. okay. and she, we took care of her for nine months in hospice care okay. so it was the timing like i really didn't have time to ain't that amazing yeah. That
0: a woman, I can't do this. I, I don't know any man that can do this. But a woman can kind of go through something as traumatic as what you've been through and then kind of just push it down and forget, not forget about it, but just kind of wait and deal with it when, yeah. when they have time to, I guess. That's amazing.
1: It's just you don't see any other. In my mind, there was no other choice. My mom was sick. She had me and Michael, and that was it. I had to take care of her. He had taken up enough of my life and time. Mm-hmm. He wasn't getting another second. I was not going to take away a second of time I had left with her.
2: Yeah.
0: How how important do you feel it is for women to face what happened to them and talk it's about it? It's very important
1: because yeah. um, I was later diagnosed with PTSD. Mm-hmm. I did go to a therapist, and I was the person that didn't believe in therapists. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't hardly get behind be, behind the fact that someone's gonna sit there and act like that they know what I'm talking about when they've not lived that life. Unless you can actually relate, that person's yeah. not gonna understand anything you're saying. Mm-mm. They're not gonna be able to relate, no matter how many times they say they can, they can't. Yeah. Unless you've been there. Yeah. That's why I said if I went through this just to help one girl, one woman to say, I've been there. Yeah. I've done and they know I'm genuine.
0: That, uh, it's got to be therapeutic, not just because it's on this podcast, but just to talk about it. It's got to be therapeutic in some way and help you, even at this stage, do you think, to just talk about it and get it out there in the hopes that somebody else will hear it That and
1: help? is therapeutic because yeah. I know I went through it to help people. And this is really the first opportunity I've had to for people to hear it. Okay, you know, so yeah. I feel like it's finally coming full circle,
2: <clears throat> yeah,
3: um, we gotta bring light to the dark this tattoo. we gotta be light
2: this
1: tattoo genesis fifty twenty mm-hmm. it says you meant me harm and and death, but God meant for it to save lives
2: mm. wow,
1: and that that goes with my iggy, the semicolon is the um national symbol for p t s d and the iggy. I'm missing yeah. my six because I my, I my brother.
3: I quit tattooing. Oh uh, yeah,
1: and he never got my six in there. But it's supposed to be supposed to be Iggy Six. Yeah, which is I got your back, you know, military. Right, right, yeah. But this is for so many people, soldiers. That's where it started with soldiers mm. that, um, with PTSD, that committed suicide. This yeah. is other PTSD survivors that see it and know that they're not alone. Oh, yeah. back, you know, and that's what this tattoo is for. And that's why it's with this one, because this is where this came from.
0: Well, yeah,
1: I yeah. never knew that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. So but <clears throat> looking back, you know, I did go to a therapist and um, I went to a sexual trauma therapist. Mm-hmm. They sent me there and to a doctor and two therapists, whatever. In the end, they diagnosed me with um, severe PTSD and. um not depression. They told me that I wasn't depressed, but I had some anxiety issues. Yeah. But, man, they was racing me out there with a cocktail of goodies. Let me tell you. Whenever yeah. I looked at these medicines, I'm like, first of all, lithium? Lithium. That's what I said. I'm certified. I mean. Yeah. I'm, I had never heard of anybody on the street being prescribed lithium. I thought, yeah. man, I'm really. What the heck is this? For? So, I started. There was, like, four different pills. There was, like the lithium which is a mood stabilizer yeah. then they had me an like antidepressant which they said I wasn't depressed so I didn't understand that uh-huh. um, and an anxiety pill and a sleep pill but I wasn't having problems sleeping I was like isn't this a pretty strong and I knew this from Michael being prescribed the Seroquel the uh-huh. really strong I was like why Or, well you see some of these this medicine may cause not you not to be able to sleep so we want you to be able I'm Like, whoa, whoa, hold on Hold mm. up. Yeah, yeah. And I started doing my research on the medicines, and none of it made sense. Wow. None of it made sense. The mood stabilizer? Yeah. Why would I need a mood stabilizer? Uh-huh. Nothing they diagnosed me with uh-huh. would uh, credit for me being that's prescribed crazy. that. Just
0: giving you stuff you didn't
1: need. Yeah, and I thought, that's when I finally th- I thought, you know what? I don't need none of this junk. Me and God can get me through this. He's Amen got me this far, and that's what i done. Yeah, and, that's and awesome.
0: God will get you through anything.
1: Yes, He will. It wasn't an easy road, no, but He never promised the climb would be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: No, he never promised the cross would not get heavy, uh, and yeah. the hill would not be hard to climb.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: but here I am. And uh, here well, Michael is. He survived. Yeah, ordeal too.
0: This is a uh, pretty. Uh, this is intense right here because you, I'm sitting across the table from from two people that's both been to hell and back, and come out of it smelling like brand new money.
1: Twice we've probably been twice, haven't we? Been? Maybe three, four times. You never know. <laughs> yeah. You know.
3: But no, that and that's what me and her both know. We're here. Like I told you, I'm. I'm tired. Of, I'm not following sheep off the... Side of a cliff. Yeah. yeah. I'm here to help. Mm-hmm. I'm here to be a light in the dark. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like what I've been doing, telling these guys, man, if I can do it, you can too. Because I want to see people do good. Like Carrie's bringing this awareness. And, you know, like I'm not nothing special. Yeah. But I know what I'm talking about. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you tell can. me nothing about the road I took. Mm-hmm. And everybody's road's a little different, but maybe I can guide
1: them. Oh, yeah. And here's the thing people look at me like I've talked to people and they've told me all these problems. Well, you, you listen, I've been through this and I'm, I know I've been there too. You know, and after like an hour and I've said that like 20 times, they're like, really? Like, how could you have been? You just don't even know yeah. the things I've, but I know I have and I know why I have. It's for me to be able to sit here and tell you I've been through that. Mm-hmm. Every crappy, shitty thing and, our shit show of a life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You yeah. know, all these years, it was for this, for this time right now, yeah. to be helping others.
0: You know, I most, know that most organizations and uh, self help type of uh, groups and stuff like that are come from people who has been through it. I mean, you can't tell somebody how to deal with something unless you've been through it. I, you know that, but
1: people try. Who, yeah, but who
0: are you to tell me what to, how to handle a situation you know nothing about? Maybe you two are to like try to do something like that.
3: Find us if anybody listening out there. If you got any, you know, can point us in the direction.
0: Yeah, if anybody's got any any type of advice out there to uh, maybe get something started, a therapy like a, a just sit in a circle and talk. Yeah. because it is very. Freeing and therapeutic, just it to is. talk, just yes. to speak it.
3: Everybody deserves a chance to hear somebody. yes yeah. and to,
1: not to be judged.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Not to be looked down. I ain't into
3: it. all that. I ain't in judging nobody.
0: No, you know, because I, I tell you what, they ain't nobody perfect, yeah. and there's people out there uh, listening to this that has got skeletons in their closet. I know I do. I'm no, I'm no different than anybody else. Uh, don't throw stones because you look like a fool. Yep. You look like a fool.
3: Word. Word. <laughs> How's it go? Uh, don't throw stones if you live in a glass house. Yeah, and yeah. if you've got a glass jaw, you should watch your mouth. Uh-huh. Yeah. On oh, 50 Cent. I yeah. love that verse. <laughs> yeah.
0: i tell you something, Mike. When she when she was talking, this uh, this uh, I, I ain't trying to make light of the situation. But yeah, when we do. she.
1: That's what we do. That's when, how we Yeah, we clown, dude.
0: Well, when she. We got to laugh. When she started speaking about that. That you didn't know about, yeah. I could see it all over you, and you kind of reminded me of the old Mike there for about ten seconds. Yeah, I went, I, I went <laughs> uh, you I went, went into a dark place. I went to
3: some dark places.
0: I could see it all over you. But. That's how God
1: made him, though. Yeah. God oh, yeah. made that beast in him oh, to protect people yeah. like us, and yeah. and I, he needs to. Um embrace that because mm. God made him that way.
0: Yeah, I don't think that uh, yeah, that's a very good point. I think you, I don't know if you do, you may already, but you need to just just accept that man because you're just... Uh, <laughs> that's what
2: he's built put for. put yeah. me on
3: the spot. No, uh, that is, and like I said in whatever form that means when I say I come to be the light in a dark place. Yeah, yeah. You got some issues, somebody hounding you Yeah. for no reason mm-hmm. beating you up. Yeah. I ain't acting like I'm the baddest man, but I will come and get your back. Oh, I
0: know
1: you will.
3: I like I ain't shook a nothing. Mm-hmm. Look, I look, didn't make me shake a nothing. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Look, I a bow woman, before my God. Yeah. That's it.
1: A woman yeah. is ready to leave her abusive husband. Comes to me, Carrie, I got to get out, but I'm scared. He's mean. He'll hurt us. No, he won't because I got this bear to come with us. Michael, you be bodyguard while I get this girl and her kids and her stuff out of well, here. Well, you know
0: what? I am a firm believer that they're. Is instances in life where you have to have a little bit of violence in you.
1: Ecclesiastes. There's a time for everything.
0: There is a time for everything. And, you know, there is a time for violence because sometimes you only can, you have to face violence with violence to get anything done. Uh, that's that's evident in everyday life, you know. Sometimes you have to it knock somebody in the dirt.
1: It says there's a time for war, a time for peace, a time to heal, a time to kill. Yeah. There's a Time for everything, and mm-hmm. we are at war right now. Oh, absolutely! Every everyone you look at is in a spiritual battle at war.
0: I don't that? care how close to God you are, or how perfect your life looks on the out, mm-hmm. outward appearance. Everybody's got a battle within them that they're fighting every single day. Not just within
1: them. It tells you in, in uh, Ephesians, mm-hmm. it's with the principalities of darkness. It's not in the flesh. Yeah. Our battle, and that is going on. Today, I mean, yeah. everywhere.
0: The spiritual realms. The spiritual realms. <clears throat> but now I'm telling you, what you've been through, Carrie, and what you've been through, both of you have seen each other's battle.
3: Oh, yeah.
0: Y'all, I would really like to see y'all be, be able to get something together to help people because, I mean, daggone, y'all's story is nothing but just, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it really it, is. I
1: mean, why go through all this crap if yeah. we couldn't use it for... The good.
3: I mean because yeah. what, that's what's all. the point? That's all I want to do, man. I want to help people. I know. And that's that's just that's why I'm here. Yeah. Because I've I've walked it, I've lived it, i you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm ready and it's it's I'm ready. God's about to present Oh, yeah. He already, yeah. He, he already has. has he already has through
1: Danny allowing us to speak here.
3: Yeah, too. that's and that's you, you don't even know the importance of that. You being a this is the voice of the how do i put this of the people that can't get out there and get it out there like this us learning about mm. abuse yeah you know what i mean that's ugly truth yeah but when we bring the truth what?
1: that helps save lives yeah. it sets you free it the bible you, says that the truth will set you free in all shapes
3: will. and forms yeah
0: well i really appreciate y'all coming on uh I've kind of, you know, this this podcast has been through a couple couple changes throughout the course of when it, you know, started and up until now. And uh, there's always going to be light-hearted episodes and funny episodes, yeah. and there's going to be, conf- uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? I was just drawing a blank. Um, controversial.
1: <laughs> controversial. Controversial. Yeah, right.
0: there's going to be controversial episodes and stuff like that, but I feel like doing episodes like this is so important because stories like yours that people don't want to say they don't want to tell more often than not and it's sad because it needs to be told yes stories like Mike you know where you have been on the brink of death yeah. and come back from it, it needs to be t- needs to be told it'll it'll help somebody oh I'm absolutely sure it will and if I can be some small piece of that in any way, I'm I'm proud to do it. That's it what you're
3: me to death. You started the Woo family.
0: The Woo family, yeah. The Wu yeah. family, man. I hope people see it that way. It's nothing to do with me, though. It's just it's a uh, it's every bit the people on the other that side of the selfless table. Selfless
3: act, right there. That's what it's about, Danny. Wow.
1: That's what we're here for.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, and Carrie. I know that you uh, is uh, as brave and as strong a woman as you are. Uh, that was hard to do. I could tell, you know, there was some tears shed and stuff. And, but, uh, I just want to tell you that I really appreciate you coming and telling that because a lot of people wouldn't, a lot of people wouldn't want to tell it for whatever reason, but thank you for coming and telling, telling that.
1: Oh, no, thank you for letting me share it so that it can be heard so that it can help just if it's just one, like I said, yeah, it'll make it all worth it.
0: Yeah i really appreciate it Mike.
3: always but i appreciate you you know i appreciate you
0: You're
1: my brother yep. from a different mother
3: i <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> love I'm, you carrie i
1: love you bub but i am gonna come back on here and we're gonna do something funny and laugh next time like, oh, no, we got no more. you yeah
3: but you know what this will do we just put that out in the ether yeah Man, yeah just, you already know
0: yeah i'm gonna ask everybody too uh, before i end this uh there's been a there, there's been some big big issues discussed on this podcast here lately. I feel like this is right up there with every one of them. Share this podcast on Facebook and all social medias and stuff. Copy the link and put it on Instagram or Twitter yes. or whatever
3: you use. Yes,
0: because. This has the potential to help a lot of people. Maybe
1: there's somebody out there with the finances, with the, with the yes. willingness to has money and throwing it around. Say, hey, there's something I can spend my money on. Yeah, Let's like, help program, these women have somebody. a shelter, yeah, yeah. A safe place yeah. to go. Like I would run it, I would stay there, I would, yeah. I would keep them safe. Yeah. You know, we need something like yeah. that. You know,
0: you never know what could come of this. So I'm just asking everybody yeah. to share this, tell your friends about about this episode. Not for my benefit. I'm not interested in that. If I didn't make a dime, I wouldn't care. I just want people to hear it just because it's so important.
1: And if you've got a friend out there that you suspect might be going through this, share it with them. Make them listen without saying, I know you're going through this. You know, just there's ways to help people without... Putting them on the
0: spot. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Uh, contact me, too. Uh The Hold podcast me. has got a phone number. Contact Carrie, Mike. Or me. Uh, the podcast's phone number is 606-658-1101. Uh, email me at whatsupworld zero one at yahoo.com, and we'll do, collectively, the three of us will do our best to get you some help.
1: I'll, I'll do everything I can. You can stay in my house. I mean, that's just how yeah. I... I, I yeah.
0: And if, Carrie's not just saying that. She would no, let you.
3: Well, sis means it.
0: I know she did. Thank you all very much for coming. We'll do it again sometime. Will
3: family, remember, like, share, 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 share. Yeah. Share, share. Y'all have a good one. Yeah, yeah.
0: up your engines and accelerate towards economic growth, introducing Backroads of Appalachia, the groundbreaking initiative that fuels economic development through motorsports. Motorsports has long been more than just a thrilling spectacle. It's a dynamic platform that ignites growth in local economies, creates jobs, and transforms communities. When we invest in motorsports, we invest in innovation. The quest for speed pushes boundaries leading to cutting edge technologies that find applications in various industries, from automotive to aerospace. But that's not all. Backroads of Appalachia generates tremendous employment opportunities, from skilled mechanics to marketing specialists. We're revving up job creation for people from all walks of life. And let's not forget the fans. Motorsports events draw crowds from all over, injecting a surge of tourism into local businesses, hotels, and restaurants. And shops thrive as visitors gather to witness the exhilaration of the track. Hosting motorsports events puts your city on the map. It elevates your community to the global stage, attracting international audiences and investors eager to be part of the excitement. But Backroads of Appalachia doesn't just cater to established businesses. It nurtures the aspirations of future generations too. We inspire young minds to pursue careers in STEM fields and motorsports paving the way for a brighter, more technologically advanced tomorrow. Join the backroads of Appalachia Movement today and experience the engine of economic development roar into your community.